everyone. Welcome back. My name is Lynn Wilson and welcome to Hope for Today. Today is going to be a day of encouraging you to know that there is hope for the future through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got some interesting thoughts for today. At least I find them really interesting. So uh, I was doing a devotion and it was a, um, a uh, podcast type devotion on Moses. And you know, one thing leads to another and you know how, you know how things are. God just has, you know, going in this direction or that direction or the next direction and so on. <clears throat> so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. And I'm going to read from two different versions because I think it helps us sort of understand it a little bit better. So in the English Standard Version, it says, now the Lord's the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, one from one degree of glory to another. For this comes the Lord who is the Spirit. Now I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. I really like the translation there. I don't know, it just grips my heart and it, it just made me realize like, okay, I get it, I get it. <clears throat> I know many people are... King James only or, or along that line and sometimes for me I don't have a problem with that version but sometimes I just don't get it and I need something a little bit simpler to understand and I just find in this particular verse this really helped me so you know a new year is coming you know everybody makes their new year's resolutions and we're gonna have a fresh start and we're gonna do these things and and you want to enter into the the new year the new season and I get that I want a new fresh look or a fresh outlook or a new fresh perspective and you know we come up with our word for the year or a phrase for the year and different things that we worry about like in the new year we want to kind of maybe look better you know that's the one thing everybody's going to start going to the gym or I'm going to lose 15 pounds um, you know, I want a new wardrobe, I'm tired of what I'm wearing, or I want a new look, I want a new hairstyle, or I do my makeup different, or you know, I want to start walking, I want to start exercising, or whatever the case might be. And a lot of times we just set ourselves up for a fall, because you know, how many of us, oh, this year I'm going to do this, and this year I'm going to do that, two weeks into the year, uh, yeah, what did I say? I forget. <clears throat> I am not an advocate advocate of New Year's resolutions. I think they're a waste of my time and I think they're a waste of my time to even share with you what I want to do. What I do think though is as I grow in the Lord, the Lord tells me, hey, you need to straighten up, Lynn. And these are the areas I want you to straighten up in. So whether it's in the month of January, February, March, or the rest of the 12 months of the year, he, as I grow in the Lord, he's telling me these are the new things I need you to do. These are the new things I need to you to improve upon. And, you know, it was, it's funny because there are days I am super diligent about praying and reading the word and you ever have it and then life happens? Am I the only one where it's not that I have a hardened heart or my eyes aren't, my thoughts are not on the Lord um, 
or anything like that. And I remember as a young mom, I don't know, you know, ages who are watching this podcast, but I remember having little ones in the house and going, oh my goodness, how do you get devotions done? I don't even have time to go to the bathroom because you've got little ones and it, you're, you're just going crazy. And I was a full-time working mama in the house as well as doing a nine to five job and being a mom and a wife and running a home and going to church and doing all the things. <clears throat> and it wasn't that I didn't want to study the Word of God. I felt like I just didn't have the time to dig deep. And I remember somebody giving me a devotion. It was called uh, Devotions for Frazzled Mothers. And it was the best devotion I ever read. I, I don't even know if it's in print anymore. But it was all about being that frazzled mom and, you know, in that life of being frazzled. And it would be one verse and a devotion, and it would just help me grow that little bit more and that little bit more. And sometimes I find that I'm in that season where I just don't have the mindset or the time or the ability or whatever to really spend hours in the Word or hours in prayer. And I hear people that do that. Kudos to you. I, I um you know, everybody's life is different. Everybody's lifestyle is different. Everybody's levels of activity is different. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't be in the Word. So hear me clearly. I'm not saying you should not be in the Word or praying. But I do find, not all, but some people, I will, oh yes, I spent three hours on prayer and three hours in the Word. And I look at these people and I look at their face and I'm like, ooh, they look like a grumpy old person. And they talk like a grumpy old person and there's nothing nice about this person. And I'm like, you just spent three hours studying the Word of God and that's the face that you want to show me? Like there's no smile, there's no, you know, their countenance is off, their personality is off. And really like i just don't get that sometimes and i'm again not saying you shouldn't be in the word but if you're in the word it should be you should be applying it and you should be growing and you should be excited and you should want to serve and you should want to do and you want to be able to get up and do what we're doing and um you know my my dad my dad was blunt my dad was so blunt a little too blunt sometimes and my dad was a very black and white person. And I, I'm turning into my dad more and more. But one thing I appreciated, my dad would say, you know, I could sit down and, oh, you know, great meal. Oh, just had a big turkey meal, feel good, you know. And he said, what good is that turkey meal if I eat and I sit and I sleep? And then I roll over and I do the same thing again. He says, what I need to do is I need to eat maybe sit for a little bit and let it relax and maybe even take a nap if I need to. And then I need to get up and move. I need to move those. And he would say, move the juices through the body. I need to get that food going through the body and I need to exercise and I need to wear off. Maybe that I had a little too much stuffing and a little bit too much mashed potatoes, but he would tell me that to understand the word of God, you need to eat food. You need to digest that food. We need to study the word of God. But then just sitting there and rolling over and taking a nap and doing it all over again is not doing you or me any good. Nothing. What You can f put food in your body, but if you're not exercising and moving and getting up, your body is not, it's not a healthy body. There's not a good balance in there. 
every time you eat, you need to get up and exercise. You need to go for a walk. You need to get that food going through the veins and, and you know, building muscle and taking good care of your health. Well, it's the same with the Word of God. We need to eat that. We need to digest that, but we need to exercise what the Bible is telling us, what the Lord is telling us. You know, the Bible is God breathe. So when I read the Word of God, it's not a book that I'm reading. I could grab a book off of this bookshelf and read it and say it's a great book. The Word of God is God's words. It's God's breath through those words. I need to take those words and digest them and apply them and then get up and exercise. Don't just roll over and go you know, to, into another day. I need to start using what I've learned. That's why he's given us the Word of God. So on the way here to work today, I was just... Um, you know, I don't have a long commute to work, and I was just, Lord, I said, you know, you and I need to chat today. I just talk to the Lord. I just do. I And I talk out loud, especially when I'm in the car. I, I want to hear my own words. Do you do that? I, If I hear what I'm saying, it somehow it hits my brain more. And I'm like, Lord, I haven't chatted with you in a while. Now, there's one thing of praying for, you know, you pray for your meal, or you pray in the beginning of the day, or you pray at the end of the night. I mean, like a good hearty chat. And you know, just like my kids, I want to say, "Hey, guys, how you doing? I want to, I want to chat with you. I want to spend some time with you. I want to get to know what's happening in your world." And um, I, I just sometimes need to talk to the Lord that way. And I'm like, "Hey, Lord, you and I need to chat. I need to have a good, hearty chat with you." And um, the other day, I was praying about something, and I said, "You know, Lord, I, I need some answers." And I said, "I struggle sometimes with." You know, you can't come down physically or audibly and say, Lynn Wilson, this is what I need you to do. And I was praying and I was like, it was that type of prayer where, Lord, do I do this or do I th do that? And my feelings were leaning toward this, but my, how do I say it? My logic was leaning toward this, but my heart was leaning toward that. And I, I didn't know if I had that mixed up or not. And I was like, Lord, you need to give me some direction on this. And when I got, by the time I got home, I just felt like the Lord said, this is what you need to do. And it was against what I wanted to do. Not in a big way, but you know, I was kind of like, really Lord, is that what you want me to do? And then I was listening to um, a podcast and it was similar story, similar type situation. And they were just basically saying, this is what I needed to do. And it just hit me like, I felt like, okay, Lord, I got it. You know, and the Lord can speak to you through his word, through someone else in so many different ways. And he clearly answered that. So today when I said, Lord, I need, I wanted to reconnect with the Lord. You know, if I haven't talked to my kids in a while, I'm like, hey guys, how are you? Like, what's going on in your world? What's happening? I, I want to feel that intimate relationship with them. Same with my husband. I could work all day and we're running around and end of the day comes, I'm like, honey, and I'll grab his hand and I'll say, honey, we need, I need to talk. How was your day? I want, I love him so much. I want to know what's going on in his world. Now, the Lord's not going to tell me what's going on in his world, but I need to connect with the Lord. I need to feel that connection. And, you know, I was going back to, I was doing this devotion on Moses and I was listening to this and it talked about how Moses went up to the mountain for 40 days. And when he came off the mountain, he, how did it say it? He spent so much time with the Lord that his face was glowing. It was, I can't, I don't know that the Bible really depicts in a full description what that meant. 
But it was enough so that it frightened the Israelites and it frightened his brother that he had to put a veil across his face. And it doesn't say for how long he wore it or when did it wear off, but he spent so much intimate time with the Lord in the, in the um, presence of the Lord that he was glowing and he had to put a veil across his face. It also says that he fasted for those 40 days, but that God sustained him. What was that like to spend that intensity, that, I can't even think of the word I want to say, that moment of time with the Lord, that he was glowing. He was absolutely glowing so much people were like, ooh, ooh. And that he could fast for 40 days and the Lord sustained him. You know, I would like to think that I would be the same or that I could do the same. And there are many times I think I'm okay. You know, me and the Lord, we're good. We're tight. I've been praying. I've been growing. I'm studying the word of God. I'm serving the Lord. And, you know, something tragic can happen or very overwhelmingly a heavy moment in my life. And I don't know about you. Do you ever just like you bottom completely emotionally, mentally to the point where I sit there and I'm saying to myself, the fear of the Lord, I, I you know, is what I should have, not the fear of the the thing that's happening or the moment that's happening in my life. And I should be living for the Lord with this zeal that it's okay. I, I know God's in the solutions. But how many times have we had something tragic or stressful, just something so stressful, and we just crumble? We crumble. I'm, a, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. But you know what? If we're not real with each other, I find when you're real with me, it helps me realize that I'm not alone in this and that now we can grow together. And I think it, it just allows me to realize that I'm okay. Like I am a human being and I might've crumbled at a certain moment, but then I need to give that back to the Lord and say, Lord, you got to help me through this. You got to help me grow through this. You have to, you know, just allow me to kind of learn how to trust him better and so on. I need to spend time with the Lord so much so that he is glowing on my face. My countenance should show the Lord. My everything that I do, my attitude, my smile, my disposition, the way I respond to you, you know, when tragedy happens or chaos happens, we always joke, where in the world, in, where do you else do you go in the world? But, you know, um, than the Wilson household to find craziness. We tend to just, chaos and craziness tend to come our way. And I don't mean that we don't have things organized and all that, we, we just joke. I'm sure everybody else's household is the same. But we always say, we're the world of the Wilsons and what's happening. And you know, we just had a, a year of complete chaos and craziness and our Thanksgiving was nuts and our Christmas was not much different. And um, we definitely had three or four days of um, an uncomfortable Christmas. Things just kind of went crazy with a situation in our home, not with our people, but with our, you know, the two by four house. We had some stuff happen and it was like, okay, how do we just rise above this? How do we get through this? How do we not like, you know, get crazy, upset and stressed out? And I was glad to say we didn't. This time around, I, we weren't, we were okay. We just got through it and we dealt with it. And, and it, um, 
It was one of those things I said to somebody, this is how I felt. Like there was this happening, that happening, that happening, and this happening, that happening. It was, oh. And I, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I give up. I give up. I give up. Lord, you know what? Obviously, you're parting the Red Sea. And I'm going to stand over here on the banks. And that's exactly how I felt. Like, Lord, I'm over here. I'm going to hang out. And when you're done and you've parted the Red Sea and you want me to go through, let me know. But in the meantime, I'm going to wait over here because everything was out of my control. There was nothing I could do at all to control what was happening. So I had to wait over here. And I found when I waited over here, I had a great time. Enjoyed spending time with my family. It was a different Christmas than we had planned, but God had a different plan. And the plan that we, the Lord gave me was like probably the best Christmas I've had in years. And we stood over here on the banks and then he parted the Red Sea and he allowed us to go through it. And at the other end, we came out successful. So spending time with the Lord. So I want to go back to the verses that we read and I'm going to go back to the one, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 in the New Living. For the, the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So in verse 17, what did we learn? There's freedom in Christ. It says in that verse, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Listen, the Holy Spirit's living in me. I don't know if he's living in you. I have no idea. I don't even know who's watching this. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is a um, worship song. And I know not everybody's into praise and worship. I love the hymns just as much as you. But there are some praise and worship songs that just grip my heart. And there is one where they share this part of the verse where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I can actually hear that song going through my head. If you haven't heard it sung, Google that. You'll find it. Praise and worship. Just type in those words. And it's powerful. And you have to say that I have freedom in Jesus Christ. I have freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 18, we no longer have the veil to cover us. The veil was torn at the cross. It was torn. But what does it say in the verse? Let me go back to that verse. It says, so all of us who have had the veil removed, we no longer have the veil, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. It wasn't like Moses who had to cover his face because of the glory. Now we're on the other side. The Lord had torn the veil. We can show the glory of Jesus Christ through us. And as we go through things, it says even in here, who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. As we grow in the Lord, it's only to become more like him. Do you look like a grumpy old person today? Did you get through Christmas and are you getting through the new year and are you complaining? Listen, we got plenty to complain about. What do you want to complain about? The roads, you know, they're, they're, oh, they got potholes in them. I spend somebody time with somebody at Christmas over the Christmas holiday. Everything, the, all these drivers the way they are and the food costs have gone up and inflation and there's this and there's that and they went on no matter what subject you brought up. I finally, I don't, where is it here? Oh, hang on a second. I finally picked up my phone and started doing this. 
while they were talking. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the negativity. You know what, listen, if the food prices have gone up, find another way to buy bargain sales, go to discount stores. There's plenty of things you can do. You know what, if the roads have potholes, take another road. I don't know what to tell you. You don't like something in your life, change it. Bring it to the Lord's attention. Lord, what would you have me do? I don't want to walk around as a grumpy old person, and I mean that as a cliche phrase, not that you're old, but you know what I mean. Are you grumpy? Or does your face and your life just shine the glory of the Lord? When somebody sees you, even on a down day, and you might not be smiling, you know, you can't, you can't smile 24-7. But you know what? When somebody sees you, even during the rough times, they can say, wow, you know, you just amazed me that you got through something like that. And, and I, you didn't seem, I don't know, overwhelmed or, you know, we get overwhelmed. We're going to be frazzled. I get that. But there's a difference when, when we have that freedom in Christ and we can hang on to the Lord Jesus Christ to get us through. You know what? If you're on the banks and you're going through crazy right now and you see over there, you can see it. The Lord is, he needs to part that Red Sea. I can't get through this. Go over there. Hang out at the banks. Tell the Lord, I'm going to wait here. I'm going to let you do what you need to do because it's out of my control. And when you're ready, let me know and I'll go through it. And while you're waiting on the banks, don't be grumpy. Don't sit there and change your countenance and, and you know, be this Nelly negative person. Rise above it. Ask for the Lord's wisdom, guidance. Lord, give me some strength. I know I have freedom in you. How can I show the countenance on my face? How can I tell people that there is hope in today and there is hope for tomorrow thanks so much for coming over today i want to encourage you to go and read second corinthians 3 17 and 18 this week chew it up digest it you know sit on it for a little bit maybe take a little nap on it but then get up and exercise what it says all right guys we'll see you all next week same time same place i hope you have a great week between now and then